gentlemen. Yeah! All right, ready? What am I hearing? I am back and better than ever. Hey, we're back. All right, listen for it in three. Awesome. Two. This I love. One. Pow! Broadcasting from coast to coast and around the world. Welcome to the revolution with Jim and Trav. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. You want to know why I'm stuffing Kleenexes in my armpit? What's to understand? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. I'm nervous. I'm getting all sweaty. I'm getting clammy. All right, <laughs> uh, here just a second. We're going to be joined. I, I just want to get right to it. We're talking firearms and hot fuzz on today's show. Who, who's joining us in just a second? I'm not looking for anyone's permission here. Uh, Joe Montana, host Mon- of Gun Stories. We're going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Oh, Fat Tony's joining <laughs> us. He'll come uh, He'll come build you some ramps out of uh, breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember. That was on The Simpsons. Uh, yes, Joe Montana, Gun Stories, all new 11th season, Outdoor Channel Wednesdays, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. He's going to be uh, hopping on with us in about 30 seconds. Uh, plus, we're going to have Cat Daddy on. Yeah, we're going to have three parts with old Joe. But, yeah, Cat Daddy's coming up uh, right after Joe. And then, finally, we have got a gal. Get this, a gal by the name of Sydney Collins. She's a uh, conservation officer in Michigan. Yeah, she's game warden. She's going to give Cat Daddy a ticket, take him to jail, uh, strip him down. Give him a bar of soap. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> soap on a rope, you know, so they don't lose it. Uh, all right, let's get to Joe, should we? Right after this. Not like right now. Oh, okay. My God, the whole thing's made of breadsticks. And paint and shellac. It's all itemized in this build. It's Firearms and Hot Fuzz this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Get started, huh? Now kicking off a three-part interview with Joe Montagna, host of Gun Stories on Outdoor Channel, Wednesdays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part one. That's right. You know him from The Simpsons as Fat Tony. He's the guy. He doesn't get mad. He gets stabby. David Rossi, Criminal Minds, Amazon original series actually dropped uh, January 24th. As we see it, he is Lou. He's the carpenter on Money Pit. Also the host of Gun Stories, the 11th season, now airing Outdoor Channel Wednesdays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Joe, how's it going, buddy? Excellent. Just terrific, fellas. Thanks so much. Yeah, well, you know, you've been around 11 seasons on gun stories and you've covered a lot of different topics haven't you oh yeah i mean i started to think about it and i started to think at least in the world of hollywood i have probably i mean i think i could safely say i've shot a bigger variety of firearms than any actor in the history of cinema or television or anything else only because over those 11 seasons you know you figure about every season we do 10 12 episodes and each episode we do make you know five six different configurations of all kinds of firearms dating back to early black powder days to cutting edge stuff they're using today in the military and everything in between from every country. So it's been quite a fun ride, especially for anybody who's like a a firearms enthusiast. Well, what's really neat is kind of going back, I think it was season eight, Mr. Joe, of Gun Stories. I think you did like the Guns of Elvis. And uh, what a crazy collection, eclectic, if you will, um, of firearms that Elvis had. You wouldn't think so, but he did. Yeah, I mean, and that's what you discover, especially in a show like ours. You know, we do that kind of research and find interesting stories. You know, you know, we did we did the guns of, of, of we did an episode that was the guns of, of Custer. Yeah. In other words, what they used at Custer's last stand, and then we did then we did an episode, or maybe it was in the same episode, but we did the 
guns that the Native Americans used to combat Custer, you know. Yeah. So it was almost like stuff that you wouldn't normally think about, but then but you find it pretty interesting when you get the details, you know. And and so that's what's been interesting about the show. We'll, we'll delve into in this new season, the one we're doing now. You know, we do this whole thing on the heli gun, mm-hmm. which is this gun that Howard Hughes decided he wanted to make to be an improvement, basically on the on the mini gun and 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 on, on basically on. on Going back to the Gatling gun, he, you know, Howard Hughes being the kind of the mind he had, he thought he could come up with something really unique. And uh, when you watch the episode, you'll just see how unique it is, and yet there were some difficulties uh, in terms of, like the Spruce Goose is the same guy that made that huge wooden airplane that yeah. flew once. Uh, <laughs> this, this gun kind of falls in that similar category. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the interesting part about the guns of Custer, the fact of the matter is, you, you know, he had to be surprised out there on the side of that hill when they came up with a bunch of henry rifles exactly right you know and and, and also you know you find out that he, he actually had the capability to use gatling guns in that particular uh campaign but decided against it thinking well i don't think we need this against the you know a bunch of savages on horseback i think was maybe his take on it and not not realizing that he was a, he, this was a very formidable opposition uh, that's the way history kind of Played it out. Yeah, you you know you mentioned the minigun. That was the premiere season eleven of uh, your show episode one. Doesn't it fire right. something like three thousand rounds per minute? It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's got something about two thousand twenty five hundred. Might be up to three thousand a minute. But then but then the heli gun, which is the one that Howard Hughes came up with. Yeah, this one w- was even at a higher cycling rate than that. Whoa. But the problem was it didn't work all the time. It was just so, because <laughs> yeah. it, it didn't have the multiple barrel kind of situation. It was running out a whole other principle. And it, while it was a good good idea on paper, in, in reality, it just didn't quite, you know, fulfill its, its destiny. Let's put it that way. When you guys did the guns of Nazi Germany, I thought that was so neat. I, I think World War II is just so fascinating um, it was really neat when you guys dove into that. Uh, just the ingenuity, everything they had, very complex, very cool. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, and to this day, I mean, there's some of the firearms that were used at that time. Now, some of them are somewhat outdated. I mean, the whole toggle kind of assembly like they would have on the Lugers back then, the German officers would carry. Interesting kind of a gun, but actually much too hard to make and too complicated. And that, you know what I mean? They were, they were ergonomically, were, it was a good pistol. It was accurate and all of that. But you had so many moving parts and this and that and a toggle coming up and this, that, and you know. And then you got the 1911. You know, you got the old standby. You got Browning's 1911, which is, you think about it, this is a firearm that's been in existence for, you know, well over a hundred years and still doing the job. You know, uh, you know, unbelievable. So some of the technology that happened during World War II and prior to it even and beyond is, is pretty amazing. So, yeah, that, I, I agree with you. There was there was one particular firearm the French paratroopers used where the gun kind of folded. I, it took, they had to give me an instruction, like a half an hour instructions how to do this because the, the paratroopers would carry it in front of their, on top of their parachute pack 
but the gun folded up into the size of almost like a like a large brick. Really? You had to like open it up and, and hit the buttons and twist it and open it, and it turned into a fairly you know usable submachine gun. You bet. Hey, we got to take a break, Joe. Can you stick around? Absolutely. Great. Hey, we're talking with Joe Montagna. He is the host of Gun Stories on Outdoor Channel, Wednesday nights at 7.30 Eastern Time. And you can pick up the uh, 10 previous seasons with the My Outdoor TV app. And this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Mr. Joe, before we get to a break real fast, uh, to learn more about you, all of your projects, man, such a fascinating, awesome guy. Where can we find you online? You know, you just go to JoeMontagna.com. My, my, my assistant, Dan, who has been with me over 20 years, is pretty good at kind of keeping it fresh and up-to-date as to what's going on. You bet. Hey, more Joe Montagna right after this. I've just been handed a bulletin. Joe Montagna is up next. Stand on your feet, everybody, if you know he's awesome. Yeah. Joe Montagna! Joe Montagna! Joe Montagna! Joe Montagna! Chef Scott Laseth is cooking up the world's creepiest critters. Let's eat. You with me? No. <laughs> Iguana, hagfish, and wild boar are just some of the tasty items on this season's menu. I'm cooking smoked pigeon street tacos and whatever else I can think of. That fish is perfect. It's nothing like you've had anywhere. Hey, dead meat! <laughs> dead meat. Mondays at 8.30 p.m. On Outdoor Channel. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. The revolution with Jim and Travis back with firearms and hot fuzz. Now let's get back to Joe Montaigne, host of Gun Stories on Outdoor Channel, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Here's part two. That's right. You know him from The Simpsons as Fat Tony. He's the guy. He doesn't get mad. He gets stabby. I don't get mad. I get stabby. Hey, we are back. We're talking firearms and hot fuzz in this week's show. And, of course, uh, before the break, Joe was on, Joe Montagna, and he told us a lot about the things that he's doing right now. Yeah, and make sure you watch the 11th season. It just dropped Outdoor Channel Gun Stories Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I think in, like, the second episode of uh, this season, you jump into, like, the Bren 10. Uh, really, the history behind the Bren 10 is absolutely phenomenal. People really have to watch it. Out of all the time periods um, and different things you have visited now, 11 seasons, you've done some crazy stuff. What has been some of your best standouts, highlights, something you wouldn't mind going back and revisiting, Mr. Joe? Well, boy, that's a good question. You know, we we actually did a retrospective basically on 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 the 1911, which is always was always my favorite sidearm, and and that's why even on the show Criminal Minds, I made it a point to carry you know an old you know kind of like a what would have been like similar to a Vietnam era issue you know 1911 because I felt even with all the technology we have and like all the other agents on the show were carrying. Stuff that was a little more high tech, you know, a lot of like a lot of Glock nine millimeters and things like that. But uh, I thought, no, no, you know, I think my character would be carrying like an old fashioned, maybe like a will be equivalent to a. Uh, actually, what it was is the company Six Hour made me a beautiful uh, 1911 and 45 ACP, 
And uh, that's the sidearm I wanted to carry kind of as a homage to that era and to guys like my age that, you know, got into the shooting sports. You know, I got into shooting sports sometime in the seventies. So, I mean, I like being able to, to deal with that because like I say, that, that, that's transcended a whole amount of time. I liked that we did, we did an episode on the bull pups mm. and it was nice to, and, and we had, and there's a huge variety of, the, of those, but I, I especially liked Tavor and I felt partly because it was something from Israeli arms industries. So this is a country that obviously they perhaps more than anybody need a firearm that works. Yeah. That works, that's dependable, works well. And so you're talking about a lot of different countries make different kinds of firearms and they're all great, you know, in their own respect. But now here's a country that, you know, their very existence may depend on how well they can defend themselves. Yeah, once again, hanging out with Joe Montaigne. Make sure you watch the 11th season. Gun Stories just dropped Outdoor Channel Wednesdays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. When you guys did Guns Made Famous by Hollywood, you know, you have uh, like Dirty Harry with the Smith & Wesson Model 29, the 44 Cal Magnum Revolver. You, you know, right. it makes you wonder how many guys went out and bought a 1911 <laughs> when they found out Joe was carrying it. Oh, God. You yeah, know, yeah, well, you, you, you know, know? Paul, it's funny you mentioned that, like you mentioned Dirty Harry's gun. You know, in the National Firearms Museum at Fairfax, Virginia, they have both of our guns side by side. <laughs> do they really? In other words, they, oh. Yeah, they do. You, you go into the, there's a special exhibit for, for guns of Hollywood, basically. <laughs> yeah. And you go in there and they have different, they have guns from the old cowboy shows and this, that, and the other. But in this one case, <laughs> there's Clint Eastwood's Dirty Harry Model 29 Smith. And right next to it is my, you know, my SIG uh, 45 ACP 1911 that I carried in Criminal Mind. Oh. And in fact, one year at the Shot Show, when the NRA exhibit at the Shot Show, they put they 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 they, they used those two guns as a, an exhibition. So I thought that was pretty cool, you know. And then we were and this 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 also this coming season we're going to be doing uh, part of season 11. We did an episode on the Auto Mag, hmm. and that's a gun that also you know dirty not dirty Harry, but I guess. Yeah, he used it in that one sudden impact, I think it was, or one episode, uh, not well, not an episode, but that one film of, of the Dirty Harry series where Clint Eastwood used the automag. You know, when that film came out, all of a sudden, the interest in the automag, which was kind of like a spotty kind of, you know, sales on it up to that point, went crazy. And then, of course, the, the, the company went out of business after a while, but that's what our episode deals with, it, the re- basically the return of the automag. Yeah. So here's a gun that was very kind of unique. It's this basically uh, uh, this huge caliber semi-automatic that nobody had kind of figured would be possible to do, and here it is. You know? Yeah, that was made by Wildy, wasn't it? Yeah, the original, I'm trying to think who the original, you know, we shot that months ago, that particular episode, but I know the, 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 the I think his name's Patrick Johnson, the company now, that that is making the current model of it, and just like they bring, like Colt is bringing back the snake guns, this mm-hmm. guy's bringing back the automag, and of course they've taken it and refined it, hopefully improved upon it. And I would think that there there will be a market out there, you know, for somebody. You got people who like like to hunt up in you know Alaska, and you want something that can maybe maybe you know take down that kind of. Uh, big game you might run into places like in the wilds of Canada and Alaska you know an automag you know could be a uh, applicable firearm for that. Yeah, once again, Mr. Joe Montagna, Gun Stories Outdoor Channel Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Kind of changing directions. 
uh, for just a bit. You are a super, super busy guy, and we're going to get into some of your other endeavors now. Uh, one thing I want to mention, because it's amazing, you're an ambassador for the Gary Sinise Foundation. How long have you been doing that for, Mr. Joe? Oh, wow, God. I think I've been doing it maybe 20 years now. Really? Because, you know, Gary, Gary and I have been co-hosting the National Memorial Day concert. No, I've been doing it for 20 years, and I know I brought Gary in around year, you know, three and so that I was doing it. So he's been doing it about 17 years. So he and I have been doing that together. And we've known each other since the 70s, Gary, both being from Chicago, from the computer world there. So Gary is just one of our, I mean, there is no greater, there is no greater patriot. There is no greater friend of the military, I think, in Hollywood than, than Gary Sinise. And so for me to be one of his ambassadors for his foundation is a real privilege. He is he's an incredible human being. He does so much for our veterans. I mean, he's, 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 everything from the houses that, that, that they build for the vets to the aid he supplies for the Gold Star mothers and wives and all that. And he does a thing with the children or he does these, the Snowball Express things around yeah. Christmas time. So it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful organization. I'm, I'm proud to be connected to Gary and, and his foundation. You bet. Hey, we got to get to a break. Can you stick around for one more part, Mr. Joe? I'm there. I'm with you. All right, great. We're talking with Joe Montana. He is the host of Gun Stories on Outdoor Channel, Wednesdays at 7.30 Eastern Time. And this has been presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream Gun Stories, the first 10 seasons on My Outdoor TV. I'll pick it up, My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. And again, it's just JoeMontagna.com. Mr. Joe, where we can find you? Yes, you got it. Yeah, and now make sure you follow uh, Joe on all of his social media pages. Keep up to date with everything he does. It's a whirlwind what this man does. Uh, Part three with Joey Saza. (laughs) Right after the break. Don't go anywhere. I said Joe Montana. JimandTrav.com. Gotta get on the internet. Stay connected by connecting to us with show archives, Jim's blog, Trav's take. It's this website that's got like everything. Buy or bust, Mrs. Bunny, plus expert advice from our hunting and fishing pros, JimandTrav.com. Connect to the show via email or social media. Listen anytime, in the truck, at work, in a blind, or at home. If it's hunter-related and newsworthy, connect with it here, JimandTrav.com. Stick around. The revolution will be right back. The firearms that made history from classic to cutting edge. It's this amazing concept of a technology. We've moved on to guns that fire 6,000 rounds a minute. Get an inside look at the weapons that changed the world with host Joe Montaigne. Go ahead. Make my day. Gun Stories, all new, Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. We're back. The revolution with Jim and Trav is on the air with firearms and hot fuzz. Explain to me what's going on. Now, once again, here's Joe Montaigne, host of Gun Stories on Outdoor Channel, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. This is part three. 
Hey, we are back for the third and final part with old Joe Montana as we talk firearms and hot fuzz on this week's show. Yeah, make sure you watch the 11th season just kicked off Gun Stories Outdoor Channel Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You know, what, 30-plus years is Fat Tony on The Simpsons. You you took on another role of recent, and once again, the Amazon original series, As We See It. You play Mr. Lou. Um, what a fantastic show. Very deep, you know? Well, yeah, I was so attracted when I got, when I first was sent the pilot script to it. I mean, it deals with these three young adults who are all on the autism spectrum. And I, and I personally am a father with a child with autism. And so for me, it had a very personal significance. It's created by Jason Kadams, the same guy who did Parenthood and Friday Night Lights. And it's just a wonderful show. And what I love about it is it, 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 the three actors actually are on the spectrum themselves. Mm. Uh, they do a beautiful job with with, with, with the storylines that we, that we tell the stories. And, and there's as much humor as there is things that are serious and the, the moments of it are shocking. Some of it is sad. Some of it is happy. It, it runs the gamut, it, as, as all good programming should. And so I'm just very proud to be part of it. it, it we just opened a, a week ago. All eight episodes dropped on Amazon Prime, and uh, and it's been very, very well received. Reviews have been tremendous, and hopefully we'll, we'll continue with it for a while. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we're right now in the throes of trying to defend the Constitution and the freedom of speech. And uh, I'm not a comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce was like number one when it came to free speech, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was something. Yeah, I directed this. It's been running a couple of years now. We ran it in Los Angeles, New York, and now it's running in Chicago. It's called I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce, by written and performed by this wonderful young man named Ronnie Marmo, who uh, uh, I had the privilege of directing him in this, this show. And, and uh, yeah, Lenny Bruce was, was way ahead of his time in terms of, of being a proponent for, for free speech. And... Uh, and the show's done very, very well, and I think it's very timely because of that. Yeah, and I think there's upcoming performances in Florida and Chicago. Uh, That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. people can uh, hop online and check that out. Get tickets. Uh, yeah. So with gun stories, when you guys think about new episodes, new seasons, do you, like, sit down and storyboard, Mr. Joe, of, like, this is what I really want to dive into. This is what I think our viewers are going to want to see. Is that kind of how you come up with these ideas? Or what do you guys do? Because there is so much production. There is so much time. There is so much travel. Right. There is a lot Research. that goes in into gun stories how do you go about yeah. formulating that well it's, it's it's you know we've all been together now for you know as i said 11 years now it's a, it's a really pretty tight-knit group the episodes are now written by a man who's been my assistant for over 20 years and his name is dan ram and he's our head writer now on gun stories and so it, 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 now we do it communally i mean it, 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 uh, tim kremen who from outdoor channel and Derek Orr, who's the director we all get together and we'll, we'll, we'll basically spitball it. In other words, we'll talk about what do we think? What do we, what do we want to talk about this season? What, what, what's interesting? What's out there? What's anything new? Anything old? Anything of, you know, particular interest? Uh, you know, we were, I was just at the shot show in Vegas a couple of weeks ago and that's always a, a quite an incredible event. And, you know, it's, it's the premier, I would say, trade show for certainly for the firearms industry. And, uh, just going there sometimes gets, you know gives us certain ideas for things and, and and being able to talk about certain things and uh, and, and so it's a combination of, of just things that we think people will want to see and, and also we'll get the letters and, and uh, 
you know, people send emails saying, hey, you know what? Wouldn't it be great to do a show about, you know, such and such? And if you we get enough people who, who express an interest in something, we'll look into it and realize, you know what? This would be a good idea for a show. Let's do it. So it it runs the gamut, but but it's kind of fun to be able to just kind of see, you know, there's plenty of stories out there because not, and I think the way I best explain the show Gun Stories is the history of firearms is really the history of the world. Every single every single country on this planet, you know, you know whether a person is into shooting sports or not, it doesn't matter. The point is you can't deny that the history of firearms within every single country is a part of that country's history. And so, in other words, it makes it, it, it take a history lesson. It's very fascinating. Yeah, well, you know, the, the countries around the world, you know, we mentioned how uh, forward-thinking Germany was, but, you know, many countries around the world, even Russia, was forward-thinking in some of the things that they did. And, uh, of course, the United States has got to be in the forefront. We've got a lot of great gun manufacturers here, and I'm sure that you're bringing out a lot of those things in gun stories. Yes, exactly so. And then you'll touch on certain things that are, that are unique to a certain country and a certain, that, you know, I, I, I personally have one of those old, you know, Belgian-made, you know, Browning high powers that were, you know, very, very unique. And so, as I said, you, you pick the country and you dig deep enough and go into their history of, of what firearms are manufacturing, and you'll, you'll find it, nothing else, a specific firearm that will tell you a whole interesting story about the country, about why that thing was made, its application in the history of that country, and, you know, why it's important. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Joe Montagna. He is the host of Gun Stories, airing on Outdoor Channel, Wednesdays at 7.30 Eastern Time. Yeah, and make sure you hop on Amazon Prime, watch the all-new original series, as we see it, it is fantastic. And uh, hop on JoeMontaigne.com. Follow all of his socials, everything this man has going on. But this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Uh, check them out, YamahaMotorsports.com. Jimbo, who we got coming up next? Hey, coming up next, we got Cat Daddy. Yeah, he's not nearly as classy as Joe. No. <laughs> uh, Mr. Joe, <laughs> we love you so much. Thanks for everything you do, and we appreciate you coming on, buddy. My pleasure, fellas. Take care. The Revolution with Jim and Trav with another Jimby brain teaser. If you're not supposed to eat late at night, then why is there a light in the fridge? Submit your answers on the back of a $20 bill and don't move. The boys will continue in a few seconds. Check this out. He's a lean, mean, swine-shanking machine. That is a uh, rare breed. That's a Himalayan rock pig. Ham it up with Pigman and Pals every Sunday night on Sportsman Channel. They'll be bringing home the bacon as they put a serious dent in the world's feral hog population. Now, it is just out of control, man. If it's edible, it's on the menu. Everything we shoot gets processed. That's exactly what's going on. Join the fun. Pigman the Series, Sundays at 830 on Sportsman Channel. Are you wondering what to do with your leftover game meat? Turn it into delicious snacks. At High Mountain Seasonings, we have 25 jerky making kits, 14 snack and stick kits, and 20 sausage making kits. That means we have something for everybody. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. The Revolution with Jim and Travis back. Now here's our very own captain of the SS Tuna Tub, Cat Daddy. I'll never go fishing again. This is in my friend. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at himtnjerky.com. Here are the boys. 
Hey, we're back. We're talking firearms and hot fuzz in this week's show. And uh, before the break, we had Joe Montaigne. He's the host of Gun Stories on Outdoor Channel. Yeah, uh, Cat Daddy and Joe, they're going to be an upcoming movie. I don't guarantee that. Called uh, Joe Montaigne and Cat Daddy. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Mr. Cat Daddy, he's on his way to the boat ramp. He's going to go slay some catfish. Mr. Cat Daddy, what's up, buddy? Oh, man, the wind's blowing out of the south. 15, 20 mile an hour wind gusts. Me and my son, Big Fish, and his son, the Little Fish, we're going out here and see if we can catch us some channel cats off the boat ramp up to Pomona. Like you've always said, wind out of the south, you hook them in the mouth, and it's going to happen today. Absolutely, man. You know, my belly's hungry for some nice fried channel cats. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds really great. You now, know, we got that wing. We got that wing going on. I opened up a jar of fresh shag guts. Oh, yeah, they're going to like that. It's going to be tasty for the fish. Yeah, he started looking for a loaf of bread. I'm going to tell you what, you three boys together, that's a triple threat right there. Those catfish, <laughs> they, they don't stand a chance with you three boys on the water. Well, we're going to drop the bomb on them, that's for sure. Yeah, now you're you're, you're sitting on the bank on a five-gallon bucket, right? And, well, I'm uh, sitting on the bank. Yeah, I left a five-gallon bucket in the back of my truck. We're going to sit out here on, on the bank in a nice, comfortable fishing chair. Yeah, it gives a whole new meaning to hemorrhoids, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I have a five-gallon bucket. It's going to be my potty mate. I'm going to tell you what, I pooped in a lot of buckets in my life. Um, now hey, hey, man, you get out there. Everybody needs to get out there on these sunny days and uh, try their luck with some fresh shag. Because I tell you, them catfish, they know when it's sunny like that, they're going to be up there letting that sun hit their back. Mm. Then when they get their belly full, they're going right back out there and, and relax. Yeah. yeah. Now, did that south wind kind of push the ice out, or wasn't there any ice at all? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had ice out, out on the lake, but there was a spot there where the boat ramp is, where the wind's done kept it open up, and, uh, yeah, it's looking good right there. But the rest of the lake, pretty well frozen. There's a few spots that's open where you can cast out into. Pretty well, the lake's pretty well frozen, though. What what would you say up there um, at the boat ramp? What size of fish are you going to be catching? Oh, just good pan-sized eaters. You know, pound and a half, four pounds, five pounds. Mm. Good cleaning catfish, man. You know, when the weather's cold like this, oh, man, that meat on them catfish is firm, good tasting. Yeah, but also you could also hook into uh, crappie or uh, even panfish, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you got the gonads to get out there and walk on the ice. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> That ain't happening here. <laughs> well, no, the thing is, uh, Cat Daddy huh? left his b- at home and took his brains. <laughs> That's what he did. He's a smart man. Go on, Jimbo. Sorry. <laughs> the, uh, the the fact of the matter is that uh, crappie are, are structure-oriented, and so if you're out there on a dock, they could be hanging around the dock or that little uh, brush pile that somebody put just a cast distance off from the end of the dock, and uh, you could get some of those good-tasting crappie this time of year. That's for daggone sure, because they planted trees out there all, all along that area where where all the boat boat ramps are. I've got them long walkouts out there. You know, them boys have been planting Christmas trees. They're all full of crappie right now. You know, I, Jimbo, I want to tell you something. Cat Daddy's name is Cat Daddy, not Crappie Daddy, not <laughs> Panfish Daddy. It is Cat Daddy. He is out there to catch those catfish because that is what's truly important in this world is catching catfish. Is that right, Mr. Cat Daddy? Uh, you better believe it. Just as long as they don't call me Bass Daddy, <laughs> you'll be able to wake up in the morning. Well, you could get your bass out of there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, when you're not out there catching these monster catfish uh, with your two amigos there, 
Um, do you have anything available? I mean, this is like, honest to God, we're gearing up to that time. I know we got this crazy, it's 60 degrees today, and then it's 180 below tomorrow and blizzarding. Um, but this weather is going to kind of fizzle out and it's going to become a nice man. Do you have anything available? Oh yeah. Sooner or later, the weather's going to be steady. That'll be the time to give me a holler at www.catdaddyguideservices.com. Yeah. Or you can email cat daddy at cat underscore one at msn.com and tell cat daddy say ask jimbo not to talk about panfish anymore <laughs> all right so uh jimbo this is brought to us uh let's see here by uh, high mountain seasonings they have the finest fish seasonings jimbo uses it all the time all the time visit them online to spice up your wild game and a fish cuisine at himtn jerky cat daddy sprinkles a little on his shoulders before he goes out fishing it's amazing uh jimbo who we got coming up next hey coming up next We've got Conservation Officer Sydney Collins from uh, Wardens. Uh, they're on Outdoor Channel Friday nights at 8.30 Eastern Time. Yeah, here in about 10 minutes, she will be giving Cat Daddy a ticket. Uh, <laughs> all right, so Mr. Cat Daddy, we love you, boys. Stay safe out there and catch some big old cats. Hey, this is the Three Amigo Catmen, and we're out. <laughs> yeah. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, Trav. I'm calling to say that I no longer love you. My heart now belongs to Cat Daddy. What can I say? He's the angler of my dreams. He whiskered his way into my heart. And so I guess this is goodbye. You still have the phone on, eh? Buddies with Cat Daddy. He's so hairy. She wanted that tuna tub bean whole action late night flathead fury. Disgusting. My kids are calling Cat Thanks for tuning into the revolution with Jim and Trav with firearms and hot fuzz. Now, please welcome conservation officer Sidney Collins from Wardens. Friday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here are the boys. License plate. Hey, we're back. We're talking firearms and hot fuzz on this week's show. And uh, before the break, we had Cat Daddy on talking about some great things you could do this winter. Catching catfish all over the country. Cat Daddy's getting on the phone with his parole officer. He's worried. (laughs) Sydney's coming up. She's the conservation officer. Sydney Collins from Wardens. Uh, That's a Friday's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. All new season airing. You can see her bust Cat Daddy. Uh, Miss Sydney, how's it going today? Hey, good morning, guys. How we doing? Good, good. Now, you you uh, from Michigan, and you live in Montmorency County. You know, that's one of my favorite counties in the state of Michigan. It's his favorite county in the United States is what it is. <laughs> it's the only place I, like I, ha- hear that. I haven't been arrested there yet. Now, so, so are you originally from Michigan? I am. I am. Yep. I'm uh, born and raised right here in Michigan and uh, couldn't be more proud to serve uh, the state of Michigan and its people. Well, I got to tell you what, I personally think you guys have like one of the coolest jobs ever. Now, obviously, I've never been on your end of it, and I know it is extremely difficult. You deal with all spectrums of life. Uh, but I just think what you guys do is so fascinating. Uh, and really, your whole job is to make sure that people get out there and they recreate safely, responsibly, and have a great time. I mean, that's truly what your job is about. 
Absolutely. Yes. Um, honestly, I am truly honored to be a Michigan Conservation Officer. It's super tough to get into this uh, career, and it's and it's honestly, once you get into it, it's not even a career. It's a lifestyle. Um, in, in, in Where I'm at in this state, in Montmorency County, like you mentioned, such a beautiful area, so much state land. I mean, honestly, we call ourselves game wardens up here um, because we've got literally everything, bear, elk, grouse, sturgeon. You know, we've got the Great Lakes. Um, as I mentioned, tons and tons of state land, lots of uh, snow action, ORVs, things like that. I mean, I have it pretty good up here, I will say. Yeah. Now, being from Montmorency County, do you actually live in the county? I do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, Atlanta Hillman or where? I actually live just north of Atlanta. What, do you want to start, like, staring at her windows? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what's your address, Cindy? I'm a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to air my actual address, right? <laughs> Here's her phone number. <laughs> some people would be happy, some people not so much. <laughs> well, let me tell you what. Um, what you guys do as wardens, I mean, your, your regular law enforcement is what you are. You can do everything from traffic stops, violations, he deals with drugs, alcohol, domestic violence, uh, plus wildlife habitat enforcement. I mean, you know, when you think the incredible work that our police officers do, our men and women in America, it's phenomenal. But the educational side that you guys have to go through in everything, it is quite extensive. If you want to become a game warden like you, I mean, that is a ton of schooling. It is. It is. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned, we are fully commissioned police officers. Um, we do go through very rigorous training at the Michigan State Police Academy, um, which I uh, was tough. I'm not going to lie. It's very tough. But you leave there with so much more knowledge. And, you know, I felt there like, wow, I, I can literally do anything, you know, and that's the point of the training. Um, ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to become a police officer of some sorts. I was always super interested in uh, the outdoors. You know, I grew up hunting, fishing, snowmobiling, dirt biking, like that was my life. Um, so I knew I wanted to police, be a police officer. My dad was a police officer and, uh, I love the lifestyle, but when it came down to it, my dad was like, you know, I really don't want my little girl to be a police officer, you know? And I said, well, dad, uh, what about a game warden? And he was like, man, I wish I did that. So um, I, like I said, I'm truly honored to be here. Um, this lifestyle is absolutely amazing. I have the best job on earth. I don't care what anyone says. Um, they say, you know, if you, you feel like you're not working, then you're doing the right thing. And uh, I'm waiting for a day where I, I don't, enjoy what I'm doing, and I haven't had one yet, so... Yeah, actually, Travis feels as though I'm not working. So. Yeah, Jimbo, <laughs> hey, I must have it. a great job. Yeah. Uh, now, you got to tell, I, I think this is really cool. And maybe this is more of uh, the new school influence uh, that you add. I was reading this incredible story of something. I think it happened last summer or something like that. You and a fawn. Break down to our listeners what you did, because I think that was really neat. I'm sure you've told the story a million times, but fill us in. Yeah, it's funny that everybody remembers that. I, I never thought that would have gotten the attention. I obviously <laughs> didn't anticipate that or do it for that yeah. reason. But, um, yeah, long story short, uh, uh, some uh, my local dispatch called me, and uh, they said that this family had found a, a fawn swimming in circles in a lake. So I responded thinking, oh, no. This is probably not too good. Mom's probably gone. So I had them, uh, I got the fawn. She was pretty cold, got her wrapped up in blankets and things, um, got her put in the kennel in my truck, get her warmed up a little bit, and uh, asked them, you know, like, whereabouts was she swimming? I'm, I'm, Mom's not far. I mean, um, 
they don't leave their young very often. So um, they pointed out kind of a, a ruler area. So I uh, drove over there and I thought, how am I going to find her? You know, so I had this, I don't know what came about, but I was like, well, I'll uh, go on the old YouTube and uh, play some fond beliefs and see if, if maybe she'll come back. And so I sat there, I put it on actually my truck PA, the repeat of fond beliefs. I'm sure people around were like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> um, but I, and then I, you know, I left the fawn in the bed of the truck in, in the cage just maybe, I thought maybe scent or something. And, uh, did that for about 15, 20 minutes, and all of a sudden I heard a movement, and I knew she wouldn't come in close, obviously, but I thought maybe I could see her. Um, well, I ended up seeing her stomping at me, so I'm like, oh, yeah, that's mom right there. So the problem was the fawn then thought I was mom. So <laughs> oh, I got really? The, yeah. Once I got the fawn out there, and I, I kind of like thought, oh, sh you know, the fawn's going to run to mom. No. The fawn stayed after me, and so I had to actually sit there up against a tree oh. in, in dead silence and wait for her to slowly walk away as mom kind of grunted and got her to come back over. Um, and at one point, I got up and walked away. I turned around. She's right behind me. I'm like, oh, no. So I had to do the process all over again oh. and uh, finally had to get up and just start running to where she wouldn't be able to find me and go back with her real mom. So <laughs> Yeah. How ingenious was it to think of a fawn bleat, yeah. of all things, to bring in the mom? You know, I, I would have thought, well, let's put her by a tree and hopefully for the best, you know. But uh, you yeah. took it a step further and said, you know, they all respond to one call or another. Let's try this one. That was really, really ingenious. Yeah, I uh, I appreciate that. And um, I'm super glad it worked because it, those situations always suck. Sucks. You know, obviously, there's a natural balance um, to the food chain and things like that. Um, and I am a big hunter and, and I obviously support hunting and fishing and um um, good, you know, good clean kills and things like that. But I do have a little soft spot for animals, especially when a little baby's looking at you. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Uh, once, Fawn eyes. once again, hanging out with Conservation Officer Sydney Collins. Uh, she's with Wardens. That's Fridays, 8 30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Uh, plus, I think you can hop on a My Outdoor TV and pick up every single season of uh, Wardens. What do you think, though, as a Conservation Officer Game Warden, what do you think? is like the number one violation you know everyone always assumes it's something bad like poaching is it like having an improper license improper tagging is it drinking and driving trespassing i mean is it kind of minor violations most of the time or not really yeah so i think uh over the years it probably there was quite a bit of poaching going on i really think that um, our work has, you know, conservation officers all over the state of Michigan have done a wonderful job um, in being out there, you know, patrolling frequently in uh, highly recreated areas and really deterred, you know, uh, poaching activities for the most part. Um, I would say most of our violations that I deal with um, would be probably tagging violations um, and recreational trespass. Uh, as far as rec rec trespass goes, a lot of people, or some people, I should say, don't really know that could be on private property at times if it's not posted or fenced or farmland or things like that. Um, but the tagging violations, uh, we deal with that quite often, um, you know, on traffic stops and things like that. The tagging violations are huge. Um, sometimes, you know, they're, they're doing it on purpose. They're, you know, uh, group hunting, they're using mom and dad's tag, uh, yeah. something to that effect. And those are, you know, who we're really after. 
Uh, other times it could just be, you know, somebody just got too excited, forgot to notch it out. I mean, we deal with this stuff every day. So thankfully, um, all of us, you know, we have discretion, um, you know, and, and not everything results in a ticket. So a lot of times, you know, just a simple conversation and an education goes a really long way for somebody. Um, so a ticket is not always the answer, and, uh, especially when you, you know, I feel like I have a good uh, judgment of people. And you can really tell when somebody's purposely, you know, trying to um, use the system or um, somebody who just really just didn't know or just maybe got too excited, didn't really think the whole thing through quite yet. So Now, what would you say, I mean, I always watch Wardens or any type of law enforcement show. I just think it's fantastic and so much fun. Um, you know, and I always think, if I wasn't such a screw up and like a nine time felon, I would, I would choose that job, you know, um, well, it's not exactly true. It's eight time, but um, no, I mean, let's talk about recruitment for a second. Is that you, 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 you were saying as just a kid, you knew that you wanted to be in some type of law enforcement uh, and you went, you know, the conservation officer route. Um, is recruitment possible? Is it something that can be done? Is it something you guys encourage? I mean, what do you think about that? Absolutely. If you, you know, love the outdoors, if you want to enforce criminal and conservation laws, educate citizens, I mean, we have the coolest job. We get to ride snowmobiles and four-wheelers and go out on boats. And I mean, it's such a cool job. And like I said before, it's truly an honor to become a Michigan conservation officer. It's tough to get into, but, uh, you know, being fully commissioned police officers, we have a high, uh, high range of things that we can do. Um, I will say that each, each, uh, district does have a, a recruiter. Mm. And I highly suggest anybody who wants to become a conservation officer or if you're interested, want to read more about it, uh, go to www.michigan.gov slash conservation officer. Um, and you can read, you know, how to apply, you know, what we do. I think there's some videos on there that you could watch. Um, and we uh, highly encourage it, like I said a million times, and I'll always say this, um, the best job, hands down. Um, I mean, I just get satisfaction every single day. Yeah, there's a good um, chance that you'll be able to tase Jimbo one day. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I look forward to it. Yeah. Would you say that was <laughs> Michigan.gov slash conservation officer? That is correct. Yes. You know, the thing is to show you how elite this female conservation officer crew is. There's only about 440 across the whole country and only about 28 in the state of Michigan. So you're joining an elite crew. That is true. Yes. Something I'm very proud to be a part of. Yeah. Jimbo's going to have surgery. He's going to be the 441. (laughs) All right. So conservation (laughs) officer Sidney Collins with Wardens. That's Fridays, 830 p.m. Eastern time on Outdoor Channel. It's the 11th season. Uh, You can pick up the previous 10 on the My Outdoor TV app. And again, go to Michigan.gov slash conservation officer. Learn about recruitment today. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Hey, coming up next is us. Whoa. All right, Miss Sydney, you are awesome. Stay safe. Thanks for everything you do. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have a great day. Hold up on our car wash, gentlemen. Can I borrow your internet? JimandTrav.com. Everything outdoors is right there. Stay tuned. The revolution will return right after this. 
It's time to reimagine the off-road experience because Yamaha has reimagined the side-by-side. Available in either two- or four-seat models, the Wolverine R-Max 1000 lineup sets a new benchmark in the off-road world. Featuring a 999cc parallel twin engine, aggressive tires, and an automotive-style cabin. And select models include high-performance Fox IQS in-cab adjustable suspension, all-new D-Mode to optimize power delivery, an integrated Yamaha Adventure Pro navigation system, and much more. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com to learn more about the Wolverine R-Max 1000. It's time to get out there and realize your adventure with Yamaha. Professional driver on closed course. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specifications subject to change. I'm Al Simon, 91 years young. I created Balance 7 20 years ago. At 67, I went to see the doctor for the first time in my life and found that I had medical problems. He told me that was normal for my age. I don't believe God intended us to be sick and old. I decided to find something to bring my health back. For 10 years, I studied pH and how important it is to the human system. Balance 7 gave me back what I lost by getting older. I no longer get out of bed with a joint discomfort. Balance 7 can do for you what it has done for me and many others. In three days' time, you'll feel more energy, less joint discomfort, and clarity of thinking. No doctor or hospital can do what Balance 7 can do for you. Balance 7 is the key to unlocking the healthy immune system. Bring your body back to balance. Order now. Receive free shipping with the code word AL. Go to balance7.com. That's balance7.com. Order now and get your free shipping and a free gift with your order. Go to balance7.com. Use the code word L. Great show, everyone. We just got to get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week. Talking about firearms and hot fuzz. And, of course, Joe Montana brought us up to date on a lot of different weapons. And every other show the rest of the year is going to suck because <laughs> uh, Joe is so cool. Yeah, big thanks to Joe Montana, also Cat Daddy. Cat Daddy, and also, didn't you really like old uh, conservation officer Sydney Collins Yeah, what a, Michigan? What a great lady. Awesome oh. work that she's doing. Um, and it really too bad that she is going to be arresting you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's inevitable. And so, yes. Uh, what Last word, though, Jimbo. Hey, last word is get out there. It's a great weekend to have fun in the outdoors. Couldn't have said it better myself. I thought maybe you'd ask for some bail money or something. Oh. You should have done that one. Yes, get outdoors this weekend. Take I some kiddos. phone call, don't I? <laughs> yeah. Take some kiddos with you and make sure you hammer home firearm safety, boys and girls. It is imperative. Uh, we will return next week. God bless you. Peace out. And we'll be back. We love the USA. Mm-hmm.